0: By saying, honestly, people who say, with all due respect, or to be perfectly
1: honest, Emily, honestly, Allison, I think it's BS.
0: <laughs> I don't trust those bastards one bit.
1: Kia hello and welcome to this episode of Play Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Duncan. And I'm also your host, Alison Horsley. And we're both dramaturgs, meaning we read a lot of plays.
0: We've likely read the plays you feel you should have, but didn't. And
1: that's where Play Notes comes in. So this is the second... Of our Shakespeare plays. Of our Shakespeare problems. Our problematic
0: Shakespeare plays. That are Italian also. all Italian. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not why they're problematic, though. No, 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 no. We love Italy. (laughs) Uh, We love Venice in particular, which is where this and the next play are set. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we love the food, all of that. We just just don't love some of the racism. But we'll get to that. Okay,
1: yes. And some of the violence. Okay, so the play we're talking about today is...
0: Othello, yes. Oh, it's also problematic because we have a bad guy who's like, "I'm so honest, 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 honest." Yeah, and he's not honest, he's really guys. not.
1: So the full title of this play is "The Tragedy of Othello, the Moor of Venice." Yeah, and the play was believed to have been written in 1603. Again, Alison, this wasn't all. Shakespeare's idea, was it? He didn't know the story.
0: No, he probably didn't. Uh, it, it, we think it was based uh, off of a Moorish captain by Cynthia. Uh, so actually a, a much, much, much older story. Um, but, <laughs> but... 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 <laughs> but, but, let what? me tell you. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the whole Moor thing in London was kind of hot. It was so hot right now. Back then, um, so at the, at the time, uh, anyone who was Moorish or thought to be black or something like that was kind of exotic, titillating, fascinating, slash also kind of devilly mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So we should probably talk about what constituted we black. blackness. Yes,
1: we need to address this. So um, really, it is a a, a positioning of othering. Yeah, and black was it could be essentially anyone who wasn't. Pale and pasty like me.
0: <laughs> well, and and like me. So yeah. So really, the the moors that they're talking about are going to be anywhere from North Africa, potentially also Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. So uh, historically, would have been of more Muslim <laughs> descent, but also considered black, right? So it's that whole it's that whole range of anyone who's darker haired, darker eyed, darker complected as compared to a, a pastier uh, English person.
1: And in saying that, we should now touch on to how the character of Othello has been problematically cast, yeah,
0: over yeah. the years. Yeah, so originally the part would have been written for Richard Burbage, mm-hmm. who, uh, it, who it's it said had darker hair, darker eyes, so actually might have passed in some regard for being slightly darker uh, for the time. But certainly not a quote unquote more. Mm-hmm. So we think he might have used some burnt, uh, burnt uh, charcoal at the time to d- to black up. Yeah, unquote? yeah, yeah. Essentially, In a version black face. Yeah, blackface. Uh, so that is possible. Otherwise, he did have dark hair.
1: In the twentieth century, there's another, probably one of the main examples. Of use of blackface Laurence Olivier. Olivier. Yeah. So Stanislavski Olivier.
0: also famously played the role in, I think, 1896. He also uh, used heavy makeup for that. Um, so, yeah. So, there's a, a pretty solid history of white actors playing the, the role of Othello. Um, yeah. And uh, we
1: certainly don't condone that. And no, we it don't. doesn't happen... No, it shouldn't happen anymore. Yeah,
0: famously in the nineteenth century, Ira Aldridge uh, was, I think, the first black actor to actually take on the role. Um, right, and then later, um, Paul Robeson. Right, yeah, also famously played Othello, um, and he and he could only do it in London, like where he could be a black actor on stage with a white actor, with a white Desdemona. So, right. Yeah, anyway. and it'd be fair to say for
1: most of the play's history, it has been. White actors yeah. playing this role, and it's that's really only quite recently being addressed in yeah. any sort of significant way. So yeah. it's quite a bit of catching up.
0: Yeah, James Earl Jones play, uh, famously played the role, and yeah. So there's so there's there's been some progress uh, on that front, but it's still quite a touchy issue.
1: We we're going to focus a bit today on what the theatre was like in Shakespeare's time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so two types of theatre generally at the time. There would have been public theatres and private theatres. Mm-hmm. So public theatres being more like what we have today, what they had back in Greek times, So, which actually Shakespeare's theatre would have been more public than the Greek theatre because it would have been attended by women and men. Yes. <laughs> interestingly. Yeah. Um, so a little bit more public. but in all
1: classes of men, all, so long as yeah, they could all, afford at least... A- Penny, was it? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was a
0: penny yeah. to, uh, to stand and watch the show mm-hmm. um, and be a, a groundling. Um, but yeah, and then there were private theatres um, in homes, in uh, wealthy homes, obviously, in uh, religious settings, things like that. Scholastic.
1: And those private
0: theatres, they often had a bit more staging? Yeah, that there could be a little bit more scenery with that. Whereas a theater like the Globe, which was purpose built, would have had a facade in the back, not unlike the Greek theater, Mm -hmm. which would have been a kind of multi purpose set. Um, so, like the Greek theater, it would have been a multi-story facade that had several entrances uh, downstairs, like multiple doors, and then a balcony. Yes, um, because we need that for Ro- Romeo and Juliet, Juliet. So we know that would have happened. There's a trap door in the floor. Trap door for sure, for, for great for burials and ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some area up above uh, for creating some awesome sci-fi effects, like noise and thunder. That kind of thing. There were very few
1: um, set. Pieces, and we mentioned in the last episode how descriptive the language is, and that there's very few stage directions. Um, and most of what you need to know is what the characters say, yeah, exactly. And it's also quite fast moving as well, it's usually like the scene changes can be completely different lands and different times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And and so one other thing to bring up with uh Othello in particular is and something that comes into the language mm. is the use of soliloquy. So like like many of Shakespeare's other plays, we've got some blank verse happening, uh, you know, Iambic pentameter. But soliloquy what is a sol- soliloquy, Emily Duncan? Soliloquy,
1: Alison Horsley, is when a character speaks directly to the audience, and what are they speaking about usually? Usually, they're telling them something in confidence, secrets. Um, it's Shakespeare does it very well with um, some of his more evil characters, like Iago. We're going to meet shortly. Yeah, Richard III is oh, some very up. famous soliloquies. He Iago, is, yeah, he is really
0: the bad guy. He is totally the bad he, guy. He, yes,
1: yeah. And it's, and in this it's one, it's his shit stirring that gets this yeah, already happening.
0: Yeah, and he kind of um in this soliloquy that we're gonna talk about or that you're gonna read for us, uh, he pretty much tells us exactly what he's gonna do in the whole play, right?
1: Yeah. So there's there's an element of dramatic irony going through the play. We talked about that with the Greek tragedies, where the audience knows things that the characters don't. Mm-hmm. So the audience is far more clued up than Othello through most of the play. Yeah. So without further ado, Alison, should I rattle into this Iago
0: soliloquy? Hit that like it's
1: hot. Okay, let's see how we go. Thus do I ever make my full my purse. For I, mine own gained knowledge, should profane if I would time expend with such a snipe, but for my sport and profit I hate the moor, and it is thought abroad that, twixt my sheets, has done my office.
0: nasty.
1: I know not if it be true, but I, for mere suspicion in that kind, will do as if for surety. He holds me well. The better shall my purpose work on him. Cassio's a proper man. Let me see now to get his place, and to plume up my will in double knavery, how, how, let's see, after some time to abuse Othello's ears that he is too familiar with his wife. He hath a person, and is smooth disposed to be suspected, framed to make women false. The more is of a free and open nature that thinks men honest, that but seem to be so. And will as tenderly be led by the nose as asses are. I haven't. It is engendered Hell and night must bring this monstrous birth to the world's light.
0: Iago has a lot of problems with Othello. (laughs) Does
1: he not? Yeah. one toxic workplace. That is what. (laughs) We we should fill that in. Iago didn't get the the work promotion that he was after. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cassio got the promotion. Also, in this speech, Iago reveals that he thinks that Othello might have slept with his wife, even though he knows that he didn't, but he's going to act like he did. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah, whatever helps you. Whatever through. whatever fuels that rage, man. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Iago's angry that he got passed over for a promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, he is angry. He, he wants to fuel his anger toward Othello with thinking he slept with Amelia, who's, mm-hmm. who's uh, Iago's wife. Um, and
1: Othello is his s- superior.
0: Yes, yes. And Othello is known as the Moor of Venice. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is a, he's a Moor who has converted to Christianity. Yes. Um, and who has fought on behalf of Venice against the Turks and other people believed to be of his background, right? Or ethnicity. So that further shows his, uh, his allegiance to, to, to Venice, right? yeah.
1: Well, the play opens. Um,
0: he's uh,
1: he's already married Desdemona.
0: Desdemona, yeah. Who is behind
1: her father's back?
0: Yes, very sneakily. Mm-hmm. And so Iago. So the play opens with Iago and Rodrigo, who is a rich but kind of dim guy, who has quite a crush on Desdemona, oh. uh, waking up Desdemona's father uh, so that he can like basically be alarmed and then go after Othello. Yes. Um, but Iago and Rodrigo are foiled though, because Venice, More. what's more pressing for Venice is that they need Othello to go to Cyprus because the Turks are approaching Cyprus, right? Or they're starting to... They're, they're headed towards Cyprus, and uh, Venice has a military encampment there, and so they're going there to fight the they're Turks.
1: There. And Disney World is very headstrong. Yeah, she's and very strong. she headstrong. goes to Cyprus as well. Yeah,
0: she's like, I'm going with my new husband. And so so it's funny, it's like it almost is a red herring that starts out looking like it's going to be a play about a, a woman who's run off you know, with her her uh, new husband, mm-hmm. basically, and then all of a sudden it like swerves into being a military warp scenario. Yes. And then it becomes all of the above. And then the military stuff falls away because they get to Cyprus only to discover that actually the Turks' ships have sunk I think like they, they're not making it so they're actually they, not they a they don't threat. need to worry about that business yeah they don't need to worry about so, it, so Iago now, can focus on destroying Othello yeah. with no Turkish yes. <laughs> involvement and destroying Cassio and desto- yeah and destroying Cassio so ultimately it's all about a handkerchief a- Amelia is his wife Iago's his wife, wife who sort of tends um,
1: Desdemona yeah and Desdemona drops the handkerchief by accident and Amelia remembers that her husband had asked for this.
0: Yeah, he's been asking for it a whole bunch, and she's like, why Why are you so fascinated with this handkerchief? Okay, whatever, I'll get it. Because my husband is an abusive asshole, yeah. and I want to do something to please him because yeah. he's an abusive asshole. And we're on Cyprus now. And we're in Cyprus now, so here's the handkerchief. Yes. And so yeah. this
1: handkerchief gets used, it gets planted with Casio. Yes. Um, it's also used to really fuel um Othello's jealousy and
0: paranoia because Othello had given Desdemona this handkerchief um early on in their courtship it belonged to Othello's mother so once once it seems like uh Cassio has gotten the handkerchief from Desdemona and then Cassio is overheard talking about um a sex worker who he has kind of a relationship with Bianca Um, Othello thinks that Cassio's talking about Desdemona But actually is talking about Bianca So it makes it look like Cassio's just been like Having an affair with Desdemona And being like I don't really give a shit about the strumpets Handkerchief blah 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 Anyway That fuels Othello to go totally crazy With Iago's uh, poking, prodding And then Othello uh, kills Desdemona Um, He strangles her in like a fit of Total premeditated Rage. rage um uh, kills her, and then she comes back to life really fast, uh and then she dies again, and uh then Iago oh. kills Amelia because Amelia spills the base, yeah Amelia's really like, on? wait, 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 Othello, you're really dumb i this whole thing is not what you think, yes, which is like, oh shit, so Iago then kills Amelia, and then uh Othello uh kills himself, and uh. That ends a proper tragedy. Ends a proper tragedy. So lots of people dead. Oh, also, Rodrigo has died in the course of trying to wound Cassio, and that was something else that was orchestrated by Iago and Othello when they were both against Cassio. But anyway, Iago's driven this whole crazy thing, and he ends up alive at the end, uh, but he must face, face punishment. So we should probably talk now about... How the play is problematic. Is it problematic? You think? <laughs> the play is kind of problematic. Yeah. Yeah. So we got the race issue front and center. Uh, the fact that everybody in the play is basically depicted as white um, against this quote unquote Moore, whose language throughout the play essentially devolves, right? It, it starts out pretty complex and then gets simpler and simpler. So his
1: character arc. Yeah. How it's presented it like... He starts as this sort of civilized, redeemed chap because he's converted noble. to Christianity. He's noble, mm-hmm. and by the end, he has sort been of having. Bestial, yeah,
0: bits. he's he's bestial. He has he has devolved to a place where he, yeah, is brutal with his wife, um, whom he had revered and spoken so highly of in the beginning of the play. So it's kind of a, a classic tragedy. In a way, because Othello is this character who starts out the play being this uh, honourable figure who mm-hmm. basically falls from a great height as so a this, result. This It's Hamarsha. Yes, Hamarsha. Hamarsha, Hamarsha, he realises
1: far too... He does have that moment of recognition. He does. That he realises he's really badly screwed up. And yeah. this brings us to the other reason why it's quite problematic and that's the violence meted out on Desdemona
0: yeah and and on Amelia I mean, as yes. well it's but the violence against Desdemona is, I mean we we have he kills her on stage basically. and there's a scene before that
1: where he um strikes her in front of other people, yes, and while it's commented on, you know no one really steps in
0: yeah, well, because you're stepping in you're stepping into a husband and wife's relationship. And he is a husband who is a, he's a general. Yeah. So he's, he's the highest ranking person in that area, but it is a reflection of how the character has, has descended or, you know, like entered this descent into, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, into a bestial state, um, which is Uh, horrifying. Shakespeare depicts him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and and also physically he's starting to ex- experience fits as well, um, so there's some level of you know there's there's something like, physiological going on as well. So like foaming at the at the mouth, kind of epileptic quote unquote fit, like a seizure uh, happens as well. So there's there's a lot there. We've also got colonialism yes happening um, because you know we're uh, the play the play is set. With Venice being the the pinnacle of... Civilization. Yeah, civilization, culture, trade. They have beautiful glass. Mm-hmm. All those things. Against Cyprus, um, which is where they're going to, which is considered more of a military outpost. It's uh, barbarian, quote-unquote. And, and you've got that and then everything else that Othello supposedly stands for pre-Venice conversion. That right, yeah, all so. the other
1: characters keep bringing up. Yeah. There's so much commentary on
0: yeah. his and, character. And even Desdemona's father, Brabantio, you know, in the beginning of the play, is, is talking about how he must have, like, wooed her by magic. Yeah. You know, that she would never have gone willingly. He must have essentially yeah, cast, a, her, spell cast a spell on her. With all this yeah. in
1: mind, it was heaps of food for thought for yeah. people who were, um thinking about approaching a production of Othello. Yeah. We do like to end on
0: you know, our favourite line part. or
1: scene or part like. Um, and for all his evilness, he's a very evil character, uh, I've picked a line from Iago. Mm-hmm. Reputation is an idol and most false imposition. Oft got without merit
0: and lost without deserve. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I gotta give it to Iago. That's a pretty—that's uh, a pretty knowing line. Yeah. yeah. Um, I the, the line that I picked is from Othello, um, which is "I swear 'tis better to be much abused than to note a little." Ooh. And I kind of messed that up because it's "I swear 'tis better to be much abused than but to note a little." Thank you, Elf Worksley. I destroyed the bard, I'm sorry.